Rocking chair, chair session. With Elisa Di Batista. Maria Teresa Barber. Welcome, everyone. To RCS Rocking Chair Sessions, volume 59, with artist Jackie Kilby. Welcome, Jackie. Hi. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks for rescheduling. Finding your way back to the bakehouse. I know, as an alumnus. Yikes. Yeah. And we were just swiping stories in the parking lot um, that Jackie moved out of the bakehouse just when I moved in. And you had this beautiful, huge studio upstairs. When I moved into my first crappy little studio <laughs> that has a has a column in the middle that and you like with tile concrete and wood floor <laughs> and whatnot, you had this amazing space. Well, the first studio I had was the one at the end of the hall by the sink. Oh. Ooh, that's really bad too. And it didn't even have a floor in it. Me and George built that floor. Oh, the step-up no floor? Yeah, because oh, there was yes. a platform and a pipe and all kinds of crazy stuff in there and it leaked and well, black stuff poured down the walls. Oh, yeah. Goodness. So I, I had the shitty studio. So you <laughs> moved up from that. that? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That's so great. Did you paint the floors white as well? Or was that? No, no, that was a photographer who took that space after me. Well, there were several people after me, but um, he came down here and he had a studio, I think, on the end. Oh, okay. Where he did that floor. Alex Harry, Alex, yeah. that's who he was, yeah, yeah. He was a guy who did all the floors in all yeah, the studios. Yeah, he was he totally to. floor obsessed. Yeah. Secretly, I am as well, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> Let it go. It's not worth it. <laughs> Let it go. Look at my floor. Splattered. I'm very proud that Ernesto Morania was in this studio before, so I have his beautiful paint splatter all over my floor, and I'm on like, oh, I love Ernesto. <laughs> Um, but I feel like those colors are actually reminiscent of your pieces. And I wanted to talk about your palette. I don't know if you like jumping in. Where do you get your inspiration for your colors? Because they feel like very bright and happy. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's intuitive because uh, the way that I work is I, I go out and take my own photographs. And I don't want to simply paint a photograph mm -hmm. because that's ridiculous. Um, so I usually sort of um, key in on some aspect of whatever was going on in the photograph at that time. You know, it was the water or the sky or the sand or something like that. Usually it's a lot, in this series I think, a lot of it is water because that kind of imagery appeals to me. But you know, like these, these hyper greens or mm -hmm. these hyper pinks. Um, Sometimes out of frustration, I'll just throw something up on the canvas, and then I like that color, and I just start working with it. Like, like for example, these two here, you know, um, I'll be playing with stuff on the palette and kind of just put something out there. And because you know how color works, it's what's next to it that mm -hmm. makes it appear that way. So mm -hmm. it's more like that. It's more intuitive than you know me setting out with a plan because I don't ever usually start out with a plan. It's mm -hmm. more. Um, Something the the painting develops out. on its own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I noticed that it feels almost, they're almost dreamlike, but you could still tell that they're like real scenarios mm -hmm. and that the colors are are not of this world, that they <laughs> exist, but they're not what you would see if you had captured that in an image. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's they're like um, the, the volumes turned up. They're ver very heightened, yes. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that works with the color of the children's skin. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and also another reason I'm doing that too is I want that happy, joyous summer 
sunshine kind of feeling. Yes. Yeah, it is very. Um, yeah, I wanted to say that. Yeah, and Caribbean, a Caribbean, Caribbean also, right? More Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to put the children in like a lot of these photographs. They're in an environment that is not um, particularly attractive. Mm -hmm. But um, I want to capture their figure, but not the space they're in. I want to recreate that space to make it more. Um, like you were saying, dreamlike, surreal, but it's a space that exists somewhere. So when the people, when someone's viewing it, they interpret that space for themselves. Mm -hmm. It isn't like I give you here, here, here's a seascape or a landscape. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a space, and then you kind of decide where it is. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the work is finished by the viewer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's also like almost like capturing the energy, the children, like that happiness, that innocence, that kind of like Winky Wanda, Wonka. Is it Wonka? Wonderland. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. <laughs> My names are so obtuse today. I should have had our Chinese dinner. <laughs> I haven't eaten. I only had breakfast today. Um, but like these bright colors that is very reminiscent of childhood and of mm -hmm. innocence and of that purity of that time where just the world is like you say rose-colored glasses. And I feel like that reminds me a little bit of the palette that you use. But it's not just that. I feel like there is, there is this a positive energy and there is like happiness. But then, especially in the preview image. There is also a heaviness to it, but maybe that's what that's what the that's viewer what brings into it, it, you know. Totally. Mm -hmm. So you can see the happiness, but you can also see like a darker, which is a reality, or yeah. like a, mm -hmm. which is a reality, yeah. Well, I think the work is really multi-layered, and a lot of it comes from how people interpret it. Because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I have a lot of meaning that's going into it for on my end, but I don't want to like spoon feed that to anybody so that they can go, oh, that's oh, what great. it means. I'd yeah. rather they figure it out or not or just appreciate what's mm -hmm. happening not mm -hmm. um doesn't have to mean anything mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i was able to see some of these paintings um at the williams mcgall gallery and coconut grove mm -hmm. and um the way that the it's not flat which i really like that you're willing to go a little bit thicker because when i start i you know you do undergrad and you like test all i was always thinning everything out <laughs> paint thinner so it was still flat you could still see the canvas and my teacher mm -hmm. would like scroll at me like what are you doing like how did you develop <laughs> this affinity to like lay it on slightly thicker and just like make it you know your own stylization well to, I I started painting late in life uh, I was in the military for 20 years and then awesome. I retired and decided I want to do something completely different so I tried everything in undergrad I went to University of Miami and I didn't just try painting, I did a whole bunch of everything. Um, kind of more of a studio arts mm -hmm. undergrad. And then when I finished, you know, I felt like, oh, I don't know anything. I just tried a bunch of stuff. So I decided, okay, I want to go to grad school, but I need to figure out how to paint. And one painter I really, really appreciated, or I still do, is John Singer Sargent, mm -hmm. who's an American oh, painter yeah. born in Florence, yeah. lived in Europe all his life, and, you know. Um, but he was an amazing figurative portraitist portrait painter um, and his 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 what is it your faculty with paint was incredible um, you know he'd have like several colors on a brush at one time and do a little twist and all of a sudden you know it's a ring or a jewel or ear you know it was amazing so I looked at a lot of his paintings and I copied a lot of his paintings and a big thing about the way he paints is that he makes a mark and leaves it and that I think leads into that putting down a bunch of paint and leaving it. It takes a lot of like restraint and courage at the same time to just go 
and then leave it alone. Because usually when you put a pile of paint on the canvas, you, you tend to want to spread it out yes. or make it look, you know. Control. Um, yeah. yeah, but the... Oh, but the, um, just a little bit here. There you go. The the confidence I think it takes to just do it and leave it is um, part of that building it. You know, um, and then too, I, I like that texture. I want to have texture on there. Mm -hmm. I want it to be like parts of the canvas, completely empty, bare canvas, and then over here, just a big glob of stuff on there. Because oh, the other part is I worked with a. a Expressionist painter okay. in grad school, um, Darby Bannard. He was a professor at UM. He died two years ago. Oh, um, and his style of painting is is similar to that, where he just throws stuff on and he builds up surfaces and he uses gel to really create like this sort of thick impasto all over the surface. And um, I really liked that, but I don't want to use gel because it's unforgiving, and you know, you, it really is. It's it's tough. Um, so I'd rather do it with paint. And sometimes I build up the paint a little bit with gel, but um, that's what I do. Did I answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> Be brave, courageous. No thin layers. Restraint. No thin layers. Well, it's, it's if you go all in. If you start small, mm -hmm. you know, don't go on a huge, you know, six by six foot canvas and try to do it because then it's a lot of pain it's a lot of space yeah. but if you do it you know Start gradually little, yeah do these at home these exercises yeah. well i was doing when right before i left here i was doing daily painting exercises where i'd paint something six by six you know and that's a, that's it sounds easy but it's super challenging and that's a great place to start building up with the impasto okay. is just do that yeah i like that idea Elisa is gonna be. I'm secretly into gonna. I'm secretly gonna be painter person. It's because it takes, like you say, the discipline. Like I remember, like your teachers would point out, they'd be like, "This, this section is great. I could tell you took a long time here, and then this section, what happened? You gave up. You got lazy, and you're like, oh god, he's right. I spent four hours in that one little lemon, and then <laughs> completely <laughs> said, forget the rest of the painting. And so, like, it, it's discipline. And do you feel that the army has helped you build up resistance to having that discipline within your own practice in painting? Oh, I definitely think that the military helps me with discipline because um, it's really easy to <laughs> get lost in this sea of art, you know, and, and not focus on what you're doing. Um, and I think that's what, you know, like I, I try to set a time. I go to the studio. Well, now my studio is in my house, so oh, I don't have to drive anywhere. So I just nice. get up and go to work. Um, but I would try to do that when I was here. You know, I've got to be here because this is, this is my life now. Mm -hmm. It's not a hobby or... You know, I'm not just doing this for fun. I want to create something out of this. So um, I would get up, go to work in the military. So I get up, go to go to the studio, work for hours. You know, and actually, I don't even think of it as work. I think of it as play, because you know, you lose yourself, and then it's like four o'clock, and it's time to eat. And I forgot to eat all day. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, that that I never had it's discipline really like for. This, yeah, so. this this energy like you you can get so carried away in the studio and it's it doesn't feel like work you know it's no, just like no, you're it's like all of a sudden oh, you're no, doing what you want to do you know yeah. so how can that be work you know yeah mm -hmm. I like that mm -hmm. um, Maria Teresa do you have a question because I've been asking all of them it's okay it's okay go ahead <laughs> I'm curious you know growing up did you also have an affinity for painting or did you dabble in different like more no no crafts? I never painted at all until I got out of the army oh wow yeah I was I always knew how to draw I taught okay. myself how to draw when I was a kid I would call me 
copy karmic books and you know stuff like that and um i was always interested in figure drawing but um i never took any art classes or anything like that what type of like comic that. books were you into we may ask um like silver surfer and batman <laughs> So I was really good at drawing like male figures flying through space kind of thing, <laughs> you know. Um, now I don't even do men at all. But in you know in all your figure classes you have like a male model, yeah. you know. So I was really good at that. But um, I never painted, and I actually I didn't even really paint in undergrad until like the last semester. I think I took a p- couple of painting classes. And that's when it struck. That's incredible yeah. how sometimes, you know, um, one class, you just fall upon it and then it changes your life like that. Mm-hmm. I know this um, this woman who um, who got the Oscar for, was it Hurt Locker? Do you remember her, the filmmaker? She went to my school, San Francisco Art Institute, was a painter and then ended up as a filmmaker. You know, mm. it's like, I, I'm just blanking on her name. But Catherine it's interesting. something. Yeah, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. It takes a village. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. But it's Four, like so people. interesting, you know, how you have to find your, you, your you fall upon like one medium and then it just sticks with you and you're just like, you're found kind of, you know? Well, it's the first few painting classes I took, I thought I really sucked. Um, but the first class I took, someone bought my, my painting because I entered it in the student show. Fine. Yeah, and I was like, what do they want with that painting? That's it's the so worst crazy. painting. In the, it was a little black and white We're landscape. We're all our worst critics. Yeah. And I was just like, I cannot believe something. Okay, a hundred bucks. You got a hundred bucks for yeah. your first painting? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Wow. Um, but so you had immediate success with your paintings, basically. Yeah. From the beginning, somebody knew they're like, watch out for this one. Jackie Gopi, going to become something. Well, the, the guy who bought it, the, my teacher, Darby, was telling him he should buy it. And I thought that was pretty funny. Wow. Yeah. Your teacher knew. I do have a question. Okay. You, uh, you were born in Kingston, in Jamaica, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how much time did you spend in Jamaica before I left when here? I was 12. When you were 12. So you basically grew up there and had all your childhood there. Pretty much. Yeah. What do you miss the most about Jamaica? Hmm. What do you remember from growing up? I think it's not something you can say. It's it's just Jamaica, mm-hmm. you know, because there isn't like, like, I don't like the crime or the traffic or, you know, life is rough. But the actual geography of the place, mm-hmm. I think I miss that because mm-hmm. I just went back Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago. Oh, wow. Did you go with yeah. Rosie? Yeah. And uh, yeah. Aser was with you and Rosa was with you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we did the um, Diaspora Vibe Cultural Arts Exchange. And um, I had been back. I was back in February last year. So, you know, and I, since I've moved here, I've been back several times. But um, just when I go back, it's like the air smells different. The water looks more blue. You know, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Caribbean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The people, all of that, all of that. <laughs> I like that. And when you left, where did you move next? Brooklyn. How was from that transition? <laughs> from Jamaica to How Brooklyn. How was that transition from waterfall? Oh, it was to very, it was very traumatic. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a good time at all. That's probably why I joined the army. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Anything yeah. to get out of Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think after about the ninth grade I just started cutting classes and I wouldn't go to school oh no yeah because I hated it so much it was oh, terrible oh it's so sad to hear that yeah I got kicked out of high, kicked out of high school 
Wow, for not yeah. showing up, or did you Pretty do much. It? Yeah. Wow. For, for being a truant. Uh-huh. Uh, I was hanging out in the village, Washington the Square Park. Well, no, I was just being a little truant, playing soccer in the park, that kind of stuff. Smoking nice. pot. <laughs> being a yeah. teenager. Yeah. Then when did you finally decide, like, I'm going to go on the straight and narrow, and I'm going to get out of this place? Um, I was probably about 19. And um, I was just kind of living like a, I don't know, vagabond. Um, and my mother was very worried about me. So she, s- she somehow got my sister, one of my sisters to talk to me. And, you know, she said, you need to straighten up your life. You know, you're, you're, you don't have any direction. And at that time, she was dating a guy who was in the Army. And she's like, you know, he went in the Army and look at him. And, and I thought, <laughs> oh, okay, I'll join the Army. So I went to a recruiter, and actually I thought I was going to join the Marine Corps because I thought that sounded pretty tough, you know, (laughs) in my little 19-year-old brain. And um, I think I told my mother, and she said, well, no daughter of mine's going to be a Marine. And I don't know where she got that from. (laughs) um, She was straight in your life, but don't straighten out that much. (laughs) So then uh, I just went to a recruiter and... And signed up? Yep, yep. Yeah, and I took, uh, I guess they were tests. And you know, the thing about it is, in Jamaica, I think I my the 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 way you're taught in school is much more intense. Mm-hmm. So probably by the time I was in school here, I was already you, you know were too far. Those. You're like probably too far Yeah. And well, um, it was very, like, yeah. yeah, it was hard because, you know, you'd be sitting in class and it's like, I did this like two years ago. What's going on? You know, and it, it was boring. <clears throat> and I think I had a Jamaican accent, which probably people picked on because I'd get stuff like, you know, where, where's your, how'd you get here on your banana boat? You know, oh, this is no. like the 70s in New York. Yeah. So that was, that was, people were mean. It was rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So then, I mean, joining the army at 19, like, what what did that mean? Did you have to, you have to leave Brooklyn? Or did they, yeah, yeah. So where did you go first? I went to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri for basic training, Amazing. which was a cultural shock. Cows? Wow. No, just trees and rocks and rednecks. Nice. Yeah. And it was very cold. It was in the middle of the winter. And I hadn't thought about that, like how cold it would be just out in the woods, you know, with this horrible army gear. Because back then everything was like cotton. Oh, yeah, they didn't know. have like gory tacks or like really <laughs> no, nice stuff. No polar tack, none of that stuff. So, you know, you'd be freezing your butt off. Um, and then I went to uh, San Antonio, Texas for training to be a, a medic. And then I went to Colorado where I pretended to be a medic for some time. Wow. <laughs> then they sent me to Hawaii. Fine. For about six years. Oh, that's beautiful. Then I So went. you were the medic on the base, basically, or? No, no, I was in a hospital. In a they hospital. Had a hospital. Was that in Oahu? Mm-hmm. Oh, on Oahu, no, no, no. So when I went to Oahu, I um, was in a field unit, okay. which is like, you know, MASH? The mm-hmm. series, uh-huh. it's kind of like that, exactly like that, actually. Even though that was the Korean War, it was pretty much how You're out there we ran our whole stuff, thing. Yeah, we put up tents and pretend to be in the army and fly in helicopters, and you know. But it was not real. It no. was it was, no, it was all out. like training, training, yeah. training. We were just training. Uh, and then I, uh, what did I do after that? Uh, I went to Georgia and Ooh. Fort Gordon for, or actually, uh, Fort Benning, Jordan, Gordon, Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, home of the Airborne, which is 
badass if you're in the army. <clears throat> then I went to nursing school, so I went back to San Antonio because that's where all the army medical training is. There's a huge fort base there. Mm -hmm. uh, then I went to Alaska. Wow. <laughs> you no traveled so much. Alaska, seriously? Yeah. You barely made it through the winter in Missouri, and then you you went to Alaska? Well, I always wanted to go to Alaska. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Did you get to see the Aurora Borealis? Absolutely. That's oh the God. only reason I Hashtag wanted to go. Hashtag bucket list for me. Yeah. Totally. Because I, I, when I was a kid in Jamaica, I used to read the encyclopedia for fun. And I remember seeing that, the Aurora Borealis, and I just thought that would be the coolest thing in the world to see. And, then and it's those colors. <clears throat> it's really amazing. Somewhat similar colors that you sometimes have in your palette. Like it's more neon than you think. It's really that crazy. Is, that yeah. is a really nice connection that you made. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. oh. How long in Alaska? Uh, six years. Wow. wow. So six years. Yeah. And then I went to Missouri. Back, back again. Back to Missouri, but this time I was at a... Um, you were in Norris already. You were already done with your training. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. Then I was... Uh, where was I? Uh, St. Louis. I went to St. Louis. And that's where I met my partner, nice. Susanna. Um, and then... Where did I go? Oh, and then I went to the Pentagon. <sighs> wow. So my last assignment was the Pentagon. Oh, my goodness. Wow. When did you decide to retire? Right after they bombed the building. That's what I was just <laughs> thinking about. Where you you were there for that? No, I had already decided I was going to retire, but um, yeah, I was there when that that happened. I'm sorry to hear that. Mm -hmm. Wow. How do you move yeah. beyond that? That's heavy. Yeah. That was that was like yeah I don't know I was I was in Austria when that happened and I still remember you know just being glued to the TV when that happened but you were in the building or you were like no actually where the where the plane hit was where my office used to be <laughs> and we, they had moved us out so that they could renovate so the the building was going under a renovation process and um, it's like a big pie you know so they had these mm -hmm. wedges that they were closing off and moving so they would close up a, a section move you to Crystal City, which is like on the other side of the highway, mm -hmm. but it's in Virginia. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, once that's fixed, you move back in. And, and right where they hit was where they had just renovated. Everything was new and they had just started moving back in. And like probably, you know, within the next few weeks, I would have probably moved back in. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the good thing is, is that not that many people were in it because mm -hmm. nobody, you know, they hadn't really started filling it up. They had um, uh, refurbished everything. So, like, fire code stuff was up to date. It was up, up to, to code. Yeah, it was beyond that. Mm -hmm. And they had changed, like, the dynamics where, I think before they used to have more walls and they'd open it up wider, but then they put in firewalls that shut if there was a fire. So I don't know how all that part worked because I didn't... I didn't pay attention, but I know everything was like one of the reasons why the fire didn't spread is because of all of the upgrades that they mm -hmm. had done. So I had run over right when it happened from my office because, you know, um, uh, 
everybody just start, started leaving all the buildings where we were because I don't, I don't know if you know D.C. or the Pentagon or in that area. I've never been to D.C. No. Have My you been? sister went to the University of Maryland, I recall, visiting, but I don't remember seeing the Pentagon. So it's kind of off by itself, mm-hmm. like in between. I like, just know the pictures. It's kind yeah. of like there are not a lot of houses around it. No, right? no, no, It's no. kind of like It's very private. separated. And yeah. it was actually built, I think, on a tidal flat or swampland. Um, so there's like the highway, the river, a, a sort of a, a, a marina, and then another highway. So Ultimate um, fortress. Yeah, it's kind of like, and you know, the parking lot around it is ginormous. Mm-hmm. It's gigantic. So um, on the other side of the highway is a place called Crystal City, but which I think is just, um, it's, <laughs> it, it came up, I think, because I could be completely wrong, but I think it's all the contractors and support staff and all the people who can't get in the building, they have offices around the building because the military is like a huge money-making adventure for a lot of people. And so all those contractors, they have their offices not in the building so that, you know, that they can travel mm-hmm. back and forth easily. Mm-hmm. So when the, the plane hit the building, all of the debris flew that way. You know, so we were inside watching <clears throat> on TV what was going on. But in New York, you probably... Uh, no, we didn't, we didn't in New know. York, so, and right? actually, I... We were watching it, and, and I said as a joke, well, somebody better go check the Pentagon, because I'm sure they're going to hit that next. And they were like, oh, Gopi, shut up, you know? <clears throat> so then I thought, you know what? As soon as I said it, I thought, well, somebody ought to go. So we were like on the 11th floor of a building, and I kind of looked out the window on the other side, because we're on the outside of the building. And I saw the smoke coming. And I was, as I was talking, you know, some people were coming up behind me and going, what? And it was all like, you know, slow motion, but it was only like two seconds. Um, and then, you know, I, I just said, it looks like something's on fire, you know, and it was just like, uh-oh. So then someone came and said, evacuate the building, and we all orderly left the building wow. and um, went down to, into the street, and then all that stuff was just falling on us. And but you weren't safer in the street, right? But they mm. were worried that there was another plane coming? or whatever. It was, yeah, there was a lot of chaos. And so yeah. unknown. It's like, yeah. they knew what was going to yeah. happen. And so I had like a, a Walkman okay. radio and, you know, they were saying stuff like, oh, the Capitol's been hit and, the, you know, Supreme Court's on fire. It was just, you know, chaos. And one of my friends that was with me, her husband had just gone back into the building. So she, so she goes, come with me. We're going to go over and find my husband. So I said, well, let's go. So as we were running over there, like all the highways had been closed. Like yeah. 395 is constant. You can Huge. never cross that. No like cars four, on it. Four ways each Wow. Yeah. So we start walking over. Over the highway? Well, towards the, the Pentagon. Yeah. And um, I stopped at a hotel and I bought two little disposable cameras. And I said, you know, take some pictures because I, I don't even know why I thought of that. But. Um, so I ended up taking this series of photographs as I was walking up over the highway and of the building. And then um, I gave them to the Army staff, I think. Uh, the, what do they call them? I was going to say propaganda police, but it's the, um, <laughs> the reporter The marketing co- <laughs> collection? Or? No, well, I'm sure it's for people that need to like, historically like, archive yeah, what happened. Archiving. Need, well, yeah. one of them I took of, I went around the corner and, and one of my... Um, commanders was you know on a phone acting crazy 
And uh, I just took a photograph of him in front of the building and it ended up getting published. Beautiful. Um, in an army magazine. But now if I, if I look up that photo online, it's like linked with all these um, uh, conspiracy theory people oh, no. yeah and and you know like they'll it's it's slowly fading away but for a while there you know i'd do like a name search just to see and it'd be like oh master sergeant gopi and her fake photo <gasps> yeah no yeah it was crazy would just sit on side being an rn like yeah. working for the army being a soldier by the way memorial day weekend <laughs> shout out thank you for serving seriously <laughs> what you do for yeah. our country and our nation means yeah. something wow so that was weird it was very it was very surreal just seeing so the whole bizarre. building burning and bits of plane on the ground. And, uh, it was crazy. Oh my goodness. So were you able to, were you like on duty or where did the people go? Like, did they have like a civilian hospital where they could take the people or were uh, right away. survivors? Most know, of the, the people that survived were on the inside. So mm -hmm. the way, there's a big courtyard on the inside of the mm -hmm. building. And a lot of people were pulled out that way because anybody who was on the outside actually Squash got the impact there. of the plane. Yeah. And they, they were actually having a meeting in that first room of, um, you know, several really high-ranking people, and they and several that I knew, and the plane just pretty much went right they through their window. They were killed immediately. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So, um, so a lot of people didn't come out from the outside. Maybe people from the at the peripheral stuff, but most of the people got out, I think, from the inside because mm -hmm. they it wasn't as you know like the the plane. So there's five rings and the plane got to the fourth ring. Mm -hmm. So the inner ring wasn't damaged. It's mm -hmm. <clears throat> a lot of walls. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like in between each ring That's is right. like a corridor. Mm -hmm. That's normal. We're happy that you're here. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, apparently yeah. I, I died because someone with a similar name got killed. <gasps> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and they said that you got killed? Like yeah. the people thought you were dead? Yeah. It was a mess for a second. <laughs> Were people like warning your wow. house and messaging? <clears throat> no, not a lot of people that I knew. Like people, you know. They didn't tell your family or something that you no. were killed. Well, the phones were all screwed up mm -hmm. for a while. So everyone I knew, I was able to contact by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you know, like several weeks later, I heard people, you know, saying, oh my God, I thought you were dead. <laughs> yeah. So after that, you're like, um, I no longer want to do nursing and potentially see people be sick or... Well, by that time, I wasn't really actually doing nursing. I was doing more administrative oh, stuff. Oh, administrative clerical. Yeah. You moved yeah. up the There's not much nursing going on in the Pentagon. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what you're going to... Yeah. No, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like plans, policy, training, Managing. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Giving orders, delegating. How, how long after that did you leave? Uh, 2002. Oh, like a year after? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not even a year. Mm. No, it was in uh, in September. September. Yeah. Mm. And why did you pick Florida? So Susanna, my partner, had when I went to D.C. to work, mm -hmm. she really hated her job. She's a psychology professor at, at University of Missouri. Okay. And so, and she's psychology, women's studies. And so she decided she wanted to, you know, see what what else was out there because she had been there, I think, about maybe almost twenty years. Oh, so mm -hmm. she yeah, so she was through with that university, and she got a position at Florida International as their women's studies director. Amazing. And she slowly um, moved up in their food chain. But um, so she moved here, and I had a 
really traumatic experience when I first moved here because all I ever thought about Florida was from growing up in New York is you'd move to Florida to pretty much die. You retire and move to Florida. Oh, the old <laughs> winter old people. Yeah, all yeah. the old people. South Beach full of like, So you're yeah. like, I'm not old. Yeah. I have so, so I was like, oh I just God. escaped death by a hair. So <laughs> don't move me to Florida. I'm not dying anytime soon. Yeah. So that was kind of like, oh God. And then, and then immediately I started school. So I'm, what am I, I was like 42, undergrad, sitting in classroom with like 18 year olds um, and listening to someone go, well, you people get out in the real world. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna, kid, I'm gonna shoot someone. What the hell? <laughs> I can't take this. Oh my God. <clears throat> so that was interesting. But you did it. I was, I was 30 when I went to undergrad art school. Yeah, uh, and I had a yeah, I had a similar a similar feeling. But then I was always shocked how good those eighteen year olds already were in like photography because they yeah. already had like four years of photography in their awesome high school, and I didn't have basically no art whatsoever. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> what a journey! Wow. And so, what after graduation? I mean her job obviously still being here you didn't think of potentially going elsewhere you're like oh i'm warming up to florida miami stay put i think i'm just starting to warm up to florida now <clears throat> it's only been After. like 16 years <laughs> it takes a while <laughs> it took me a while too i have to say yeah um no she i'm on her coattails now nice. um she makes a bunch of money she really is changing the world so um, I cannot complain, and she supports me completely in whatever I want to do with art. That's awesome. Wow. You know, so um, that's important to have. Yeah, you found like the perfect you, person. Yeah, like yeah. family member, yeah. partner, somebody that yeah. supports you in what you yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. We try to really, you know, support each other in whatever mm -hmm. we do. Doesn't say get a real job. You're like, this is your job. This mm -hmm. is what you do for a living. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, I have a retirement from the army, so it's not like I have to. I have to sell my work in order yeah. to live and feed and eat, you know, I, I don't have to. You did work for 20 years, yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> it gives me a lot of leeway mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, do I want to be in a show, do I want to work for a you know. So it kind of has made me want to try to do solo shows, mm -hmm. you know, as much as I can. Because mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of my work works better when there's more of it, mm -hmm. instead of just this one piece in a corner mm -hmm. kind of thing. Well, they speak to each other. Can I have like conversation? Yeah, yeah. I exactly. Agree, definitely. And they tell they tell kind of like a story too when yeah. they are together, right? Yeah. They're like, uh -huh. and you have a show up right at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the show? Um, okay, so it is at the Wirtz Gallery in South Mi South Miami. It's the First National Bank of Miami. They have a a, a gallery space. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just a huge hallway, mm -hmm. but it's it's uh, it's kind of fancy. It's got like chandeliers and stuff. Lovely. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Nice environment for your painting. Yeah, it's kind of the juxtapositioning. Is yeah. Funny. Um, and I call it. I titled the show um, "Disrupting the Narratives," and it's my work at this point is more about creating images of healthy, happy joyful young black people, <laughs> black brown people. Because I don't think there's enough of that in the world. There's a lot of images of um, uh, 
people having fun or, or, or black, no, let me take that back. There are a lot of images of black people in art and much more people making art with the black body as the subject matter. But I feel like a lot of it is already co-opted by society at large. Um, so if you have an image of a black man, that comes with a whole bunch of baggage. It comes with a narrative of whatever your personal experience is with black people. Um, so if it's a negative one, that's gonna be there, right? Um, even a black woman, there's a whole lot of baggage that comes with that. <clears throat> black children also, but they're usually because of the context that you put them in, the environment you put mm -hmm. them in. So a lot of black children, the imagery is, you know, poor black child in a poor setting, but oh, aren't they cute mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm, oh, I don't, I don't want that. That's not mm -hmm. what I'm aiming for. I want the typical image of, um, I want the equivalent of what you see of white children, mm -hmm. where they're just playing on a beach. It's a happy child. It's yeah. wearing a little light raft. It's yeah. on a bicycle. It's yeah, exactly. Just it's the same thing. Um, and even here, people have to contextualize them. They have to go, oh, oh, they're Caribbean. Oh, they're you know they're island kids, or you know they they still have to because that's what we do. We just do we're that. We're socialized. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, the reason why I'm doing this is because I think that. A lot of people, the way, the way we learn to see or to inventory people or, or figure out what's going on in the world is that our brain gives us these little shortcuts so we see the concept of a thing, mm -hmm. not the real thing. And I, and I know this just from teaching art. Mm -hmm. When you tell someone to draw a cup, they draw the concept of a cup if they don't have a cup in front of them. Mm -hmm. So what happens with people is if you get enough negative feedback on your retina about what a black figure means, then that just becomes what a black figure is mm -hmm. for you, mm -hmm. right? So in you know, societies where black people are everywhere, there isn't that same context. You, know, you would have to say, oh, that black man is bad because of this, not because he's a black man. Mm -hmm. But in this society, a black person simply is a negative. You know, in, in American society, I'm not yeah. talking about the world, because in other parts of the world, it's completely different. Mm -hmm. So, I'm trying to break that narrative, disrupt that narrative by making images of that you don't have to immediately go to the color of their skin as their reason for being or not being or existence. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Which is why I go once I go back once more to your um, your selection of color because I feel what I've enjoyed from the pieces that you make of this um, of the series of children is that you look at just the palette of the human form or of the child's form and it's a mixture of different palettes it's not just mm -hmm. the one so it's it's you don't really like you say the people might have to label it as this or these Caribbean children or these children from here these children from there but their palettes themselves are just multicolored and so mm -hmm. eventually you do you're like this is a child's. This yeah. is a child doing childlike things and just existing. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and even, <clears throat> like some of these, you can see even the color of the children is not a real color. Yeah. You know, I just go with whatever, because I'm more concerned with the form and making them, making their bodies have um, 
some sort of reality to them. Yeah, but it, you know? there's an energy to the. Yeah. To the, there's a personality definitely, and there's like a, an energy. That and flows. I want I want to get their gesture, mm -hmm. and I don't want every detail because that's the other thing about your your brain eye communication kind of thing. It's um, if I leave out information you fill it in mm -hmm. and that's more engaging for your brain mm -hmm. than if I tell you everything. If I tell you everything, it's boring. You see, you're inundated with visual images all day long. Mm -hmm. Now, we're more so now than ever. Mm -hmm. So people spend way less time looking at stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people will say, oh, your work, well, is it finished? I'm like, you tell me, <laughs> is it? But you're you more know? attracted to it for that reason, too, because you're like, oh, this, is this complete, is this not complete? And then you seek out the things that are exactly. finished. And I noticed that in some of your paintings, that there were certain parts that my eye would complete, these invisible lines, mm -hmm. um, almost like if the painting itself were, like, um, part of it was painted in some magical fluid that, like, I could finish it with my brain, but I knew it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. um, there's an example of, like, these, a, a, a group of girls, it looks like schoolgirls or something, playing with monkey bars, and not all the monkey bars are complete, but I could finish it with my eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and also the faces are not there, but you're aware that they're children. Could you talk a little bit, it's almost great, like the, 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 the disguising, the not showing of the faces, where does that come from? I think that is, well, there's a couple of things going on. One, I'm a voyeur when I'm taking these photographs. Um, that picture you're talking about is actually from my childhood. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's from when I was a little kid. <laughs> Um, the girls? Yeah, the yeah. girls. I told you it was a strong one. I was, like, yeah. I was very unsure. I'm like, do I pick this one for the preview or this other one? <laughs> so, um, but for like probably all of these, I'm somewhere with a camera down here taking photographs because I don't want people to know I'm taking photographs of children playing because, you know, there's a little bit of a... There's a lot of stuff that goes yeah. that. Yeah. And um, a lot of times I get confused for a guy. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want people to think I'm some sort of Maybe pedophile dude. Maybe haircut. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so <clears throat> that's part of it is that uh, the image that I'm collecting, they're usually turned away from me. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't necessarily want to... I don't want it to be a specific child. I want it to be an any child. Yes. And I want to create sort of that feeling of a voyeur in the viewer too, so that, you know, they're, they're it's hard to explain this. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Because um, I noticed that a lot of my images, you cannot see their face. Yeah. Or I don't, I mean, like I disguise their face in some way or they're less detailed. And I think it's that. I don't want you to, to get hung up on this particular person. Or what they look like. Because sometimes yeah. even by seeing the slightest feature, like a nose or an eyebrow or a lips, mm -hmm. like, or, or, like you could somewhat delineate where they are, they're from. Yeah. So by disguising that, you also give them like, a, like more autonomy. And that yeah. Just not, yeah. you know. I think that's what it comes from. That, you know, and like say these guys, they were definitely not looking at me, you mm -hmm. know, and I was getting them from behind and I really just love, you know, their arms and legs and elbows. Yeah. You know, that's what I really love about these kids is just how, you know, they're just like elbows their and body knees language. and big heads. Yeah. Jackie's pointing yeah. at some yeah. of her business cards that she brought us that have yeah. children painted on them for those of you that can't see because of this audio <laughs> podcast um, and they're facing away from us. Yeah. 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 But I also like And how, even like you know, in here where, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I just don't want to make them, because I do, actually, I did a lot of figure, um, portrait painting, so it's not like I'm uncomfortable with it. I just mm -hmm. don't particularly want to do it with these. Mm -hmm. Well, also, you've been successful in what you do. Shall we talk about your award? Can we, 
spoken up about that just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we, we were just talking about the Joan Mitchell Foundation. Yes. We have an already uh, said it in our presence. In, on our rocking chair Spreading today, positive so energy onto the we're chair. We're honored. Oh, thank you. How did that happen? Um, you know, it's what an, an anonymous an nomination, yeah. so... You, you got know. nominated for Yeah, it? that's the only way you can get a Joan Mitchell list for someone to nominate you. That's lovely. Yeah. And you know who nominated you? I can't say. But you know but who you it know. is. Yeah. That's good. I found out after. Okay, you found okay. out after? Yeah. That's amazing. That's incredible. I think, I think, I, I think it was who I th think it was. I'm not sure now. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, You're like oh, I must confirm. Right. Yeah. But that is like an award that you can live off for a while, right? So you, it makes uh, your life easier? Apparently, but it? I don't feel like I could live off of it. No? Um, no, I feel like it, now it's, a, it's like a gun in my back. Well, it's a responsibility. Oh, really? <laughs> when did you get it? Like when, when like two did, years ago. It was two years ago. 16. And at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh -huh. So it's, it's like a, a year. It's a responsibility. It has weight to it. Yeah, it feels like you can't just go. Oh wow, that was wonderful. Like, you will you know. not disappoint. I have no yeah. doubt. What What do you have to do? Um, no, I feel like you have to push yourself further mm -hmm. because they gave it to you. So it's kind yeah. of like you have to deliver now or something like that. Yeah, and and the thing. Well, here's the thing. So you get um, a, what I got was the Emerging Artist Grant, uh -huh. which is like twelve thousand dollars for sweet. you know unrestricted funds. But you also get um, professional development. That's lovely. Yeah. Wow. And um, creative capital members. You oh, like you're amazing. in their little thing. You can so go to great. all their stuff. Um, you're in this. You become part or a fellow of this organization that is entirely geared towards improving your career. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Phenomenal. Um, so deserving. So last August, they flew us, oh, I forget, I don't even remember, it's all a blur. They flew us all down to New Orleans where there's a center that has, um, uh, it used to be a bed and breakfast. So um, let me back up a little. Joan Mitchell Foundation also has a program called uh, Emergency Artist Emergency Grants, mm -hmm. where if you need money because of whatever, mm -hmm. you know, tragedies, difficulty in your life, you can apply. Well, after Katrina, they received a lot of requests from New Orleans. Mm -hmm. So somewhere in there, they decided, you know, we need to just go to New Orleans because these people need help. So they set up a residency there, like right after Katrina, maybe a couple of years. And then they started to see, you know, there's a lot of interest. They're going to build on this. So then, thanks. You know what? Um, yeah, let me get a water for I'm just souls. thinking, going back to that, that moment in time, so many people lost their homes. I mean, yeah. we saw the footage online, well, not just online, but on the TV. And it was like this sense of hopelessness mm -hmm. for those people. So the fact that you guys flew out there, I mean, thank you. Yeah, so they, they created this residency. And then <clears throat> I think it was closer to the French Quarter. Okay. So it wasn't very big, and they didn't have a lot of room. So they found this other space that used to be a bed and breakfast, and then on the corner of it was like a restaurant, and there were a couple houses in the back, and they slowly acquired more space. And in one of the spaces, there was nothing. They built 10 studios. Wow. Yeah. And we're talking like maybe three times the size of this. Wow. Is one studio. Big. Skylight. Studios. Fully. Um, each studio has a sink. Uh, one of those wire racks, a red chair, a table, and something else, I forget. Yeah, each one. 
deck so part of this part of being involved with Joan Mitchell Foundation now is that you can request a residency or apply for a residency there and I think there there's probably about maybe 30 of them throughout the year maybe a little bit more I have to look and check um, that go you know summer spring fall um, and one is coming up now uh, the deadline so I'm like crazy apply, trying to apply. so yeah. you're going I'm gonna if you get it yeah we hope yeah. you get it <laughs> Because I'd love to paint the kids in New Orleans. Because yeah, I've been down there a couple of times, and I'm like, oh my god, these kids are insane. I love them. Yeah. Um, so, I forgot what the point of my babbling was. Joan Mitchell. Joan Mitchell. Oh, yeah. The gun in your back. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> the responsibility. So, so um, yeah. So I want to get the residency because just having that large a space to paint. Because right now I'm, I just moved out of my garage into another room in the house, which is bigger, and I'm taking over the house. <laughs> And I feel terrible like about it. everywhere. I know. Painting but for the Susanna is slowly and surely yeah. like moved further. She's going to have her little three feet in the bed. Uh, it. She can just stand over the sink. Um, so um, just being able to have a larger space to work, you know, and the, the thing is they give you this residency. You could take it for, up, well, if they give it to you. Up to three months. Wow. I know. So it's like two that's, weeks to three months. That's a you can full request. body of work, Jackie. I know. You can work so big. I think I could do six weeks. I could do it. A yeah. good series. That's amazing. I really could. Yeah. I could see you doing that too. Yeah. Wow. So, We're going to keep our fingers, fingers crossed, crossed for that. Because yeah. the other thing that I feel like I have a gun in my back is when I look at all the other people that have gone to John Mitchell, um, Emerging artists. Well, there there's another award, the Painters and Sculptors Award, which mm -hmm. I think is twenty five thousand, which mm -hmm. is like the big one. Um, and when I look at those people, I'm like, oh my god, they're all like, you know, they've got Guggenheims and Rauschenbergs and you know, all of that stuff. Krasner, Pollock. I'm like, crap, I don't have shit. So <laughs> that's your you your next first stop. One. <laughs> I know. Because I, <laughs> yeah. I just I don't want to be like the the weakest link in the room kind mm -hmm. of thing. I think the fact that you got one makes you the non-weakest link. <laughs> <laughs> well, not in that room. <laughs> you're already there, girl. You're already you're there. Ready, yeah. um, are there any upcoming residencies other than that one that you're interested in applying for or any other direction or body of work or photographs that you've been taking that you want to take? Right forward? now, I feel like I'm in a, I'm in a lull or a reflective period after going to Jamaica. Yeah. Um, Were you able to take photographs? Not what I wanted. Okay. Because um, it was just constantly quick, yeah busy. It yeah. was very busy, but it was amazing because I got to go to and do something that I've always wanted to do was go to other artist studios yeah. there and see what people are doing mm -hmm. and meet other people there because I don't know anybody. That's nice. And it was really incredible to to get to some of the places that we got to see. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of left me like I'm not sure. Retrospective. Those are you looking at what I'm doing right now mm -hmm. um, and right towards the right before I left for Jamaica I did a painting that I use a completely different style mm -hmm. with or tool I guess so it came out completely um, yeah much different from the, the regular work um, and so since I had that gap I feel, you know how sometimes when you haven't painted and you go back to paint, you feel like you're an idiot, you don't know what you're doing, and what is this, and you poke your eyes. Is eye this a bicycle? The, yeah, not. yeah, exactly. So I'm kind of like at that point right now where I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I want to go in this new direction in terms of mark making, but um, 
don't you know have how a gun to start in your it. back and all yeah. that things. Well, that, so I've been dawdling by moving yeah. my studio. You know, so just today I've got everything exactly ready to go. I can't fuck, fuss around anymore now. Yeah. It's time to jump. Yeah. Jump up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm not really sure what I'm doing, but something's okay. going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel it already. <laughs> I feel it already. Yeah. Energy's already there. Me too. Last question. It's already there. Are your folks proud? Oh my gosh, my mother, my family. Because <gasps> yeah. you mentioned oh. about the whole army thing, right? Like you're wanting to get your life together. You straighten your life up. <laughs> and now you're the successful artist. I mean, yeah, yeah they are. Wow, well, well, my mother, my so father died proud. a long time ago. Awesome. My mom, well, she's. She's very proud, I Is think. Is she still in Brooklyn? No, she's in a nursing home in Orlando. Oh, okay, but she's to my closer sister. to you, at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enjoying the heat. We are already at our very last question, and it's our standard question for the end. You've been sitting in a magical rocking chair. It grants you three wishes that you have to say out loud for it to come true. That's not fair. I know. That's the only. <laughs> so what would your three wishes be? We know a couple already. Three wishes. Three wishes. For anything? Anything and everything. Anything. Yeah. You, you just have to say it out loud for it to come true. That's it. Okay. It's the only rule. All right. This is not about art. Oh, no. It, 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 it could be about anything. It can be about everything. Mm, I wish that the person who's in the Oval Office would leave immediately. <sighs> yes. Um... Let's see, three, that's two. Um, That's a big first wish, but yes. (laughs) I wish that we could all get over race. Yeah, that'd be nice. And, let me see, what's the third one? I think of a third one. You got some good wishes there, yeah. Uh, Um. I love the noises because it's so genuine. You could tell we sprung it up on her. We could tell you didn't listen to any of the sessions. We always ask us at the end, right? Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Every single one. Last wish. Mm, I wish I could speak more languages. Ooh. That's it. Which languages do you speak? Which grant? English. <laughs> Which granted Duolingo? They don't pay us to promote them, but I'll show really? you later. Yeah, okay. Duolingo, yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Okay. Elisa is learning Norwegian right yeah. now. <laughs> Why? <laughs> My boyfriend's Norwegian. <laughs> she wants to impress her, her parents or her future uh, we'll in-laws. We'll see. Don't jinx it. Well, not going to win. Not going to win. Not going to win. All right. Um, well, um, this has I been think... so much fun, Jackie. <laughs> Thank oh, you thanks. so much for sharing all And we look forward to your future bodies your of work. And we hope you got this residency. Yeah, we're going to uh, keep your fingers. You could have wished for that, but we're going to nah. wish for that. We're going to yeah. wish for that. We hope yeah. we can. And right. um, we'll see you all next week for episode 50, 60. Wow. 60. 60. 60. Okay, yeah. Okay. All righty. Uh, we also have uh, an opening coming up. June our CS 150 exhibition. June 7th. Uh, hope you guys can make it and we're gonna be back next Monday. Yep. Bye guys. Bye guys.